Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. Today, we're talking about dinosaurs on ice, Sony buys Bungie, the alternate realities of the multiverse, and we say hello to a new trailer for the Paramount Plus debut series. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me on the show for this week, we've got the Jurassic Classic with his plastic ass thick. He's Jayla. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> are you referring I, to my I, glasses? Were you feeling? Yes, that's yeah. <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's what I meant. Your thick glasses. Uh, and <laughs> next to him, he's the king of the hill, clicking heads and claiming beds. He's Kevin the Killionaire Hudson. If uh, Justin's here representing thick glasses, I'm here representing thick asses. How are you, oh. boys? <laughs> oh shoot! Oh shoot! What did we call the? It wasn't Watch Club, Kevin. What did we call Big it? Boys the, Club. Big Boys Club. <laughs> Better than Watch Club. Uh, I am doing well. Um, we're, you know, obviously having a, a cold, wintry winter all over Canada. I've been hearing snowstorms on snowstorms and rainstorms on snowstorms here. How's it been for you guys? Freezing. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. freezing, but then there's going to be the next three days of on and off snow and rain mix. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Well, and, and Sarah and I are dog sitting for my parents right now, and so taking these guys out is just a nightmare. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, yeah, man, I was thinking of uh, going to see Scream tomorrow, or you know, I don't know, going to see a movie in general. But now I'm thinking like, maybe not. Maybe just hold maybe, off. Maybe hold off for a few more days. Yeah, yeah, just for a few more days. I, maybe I, I'll stream Scream. You know what I'm saying? But. Uh... Speaking of, of watching something like Scream, uh, let's get to watch you. Um, Kevin, why don't you kick us off for, for what you this week, bud? All right. Well, for any longtime listeners, they know that I've had a goal in mind for many, many a year, and that is to get my hands on and play what is easily my favorite shooter and one of my favorite games of all time, and I finally made it happen. I finally tracked down through the magic of Xbox and backwards compatibility copies of the original Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront 2 and I have been going hard on some galactic conquests. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Phil Spencer heard you loud and clear and he's like, "You know what? I think we should make Kevin's day." He's he's having a rough time, a rough go of it having to take care of all those dogs in the snow. I think maybe yeah, man, so you're playing it on Xbox Game Pass through backwards compatibility or Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean let me tell you, I was so desperate for this, I was considering buying an old PlayStation two and a copy of the game <laughs> just to do it. Spending oh, five bucks on Xbox was a lot easier and uh cost friendly. So that, that does, turned out to to be great. Does it have online like can you play against other people online? See, or are you I'm just not playing sure against AI? If, I'm not sure if it's just um, you know, through local networks that you can do online, so with friends and yeah. everything. I haven't even oh, tried okay. it. I've just been going with the uh the one player modes and whatnot. There you go. 
There you nice. go. Living out your best Star Wars yeah, life. Yeah, but running around, you know, Dagobah and Endor and, and you know, the Mos Eisley. What's your favorite planet to, to visit? Uh, I mean, I, I love the, the little details on Tatooine in, in Mos Eisley, going into the cantina and the music's playing and stuff like that. So that's probably my, one of my faves. That and Endor is also really fun with the, the, the Ewok tree forts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hearing that all over the place. Cool. Uh, Justin, how about yourself? What's your bud? Um, well, I got back into um, a show that wrapped in 2019 for the first season, uh, and season two has been going on now, uh, four episodes in. I haven't watched the the fourth episode, but uh, Euphoria, I'm sure you guys have heard of it. Oh, yeah. uh, HBO's uh, what we would call a, a teen drama. You know, for season one, I was I was enamored with the sort of style and substance, the blend of the two. Uh, and, and how it stayed very focused on Zendaya's character and, and how, mm-hmm. you know, her trauma and her grief and how she's kind of working through it. But the series is very much a um, exacerbated version of, of what high school would look like, right? Like there's mm-hmm. obviously all these elements, sex, drugs, uh, grief, friendship, social media. These are things that we're surrounded with on the regular. And I think this series really does layer all of that into the show to kind of, you know, make comments about the correlation between addiction and, you know, social media and drugs. And, you know, the director said it best is uh, his name is uh, Sam Levinson. And he said, like, the idea is to kind of create more awareness for adults around what people within that that world kind of go through uh, in in this at this age surrounded by by all of this. Um, I will say, though, with season two, it's nice that they're kind of exploring some of these side characters, but it does feel like they've really pushed on the style over the substance, if that hmm. makes sense. So they yeah. are really going for a mood. It's a vibe. Uh, like a lot of people say, like, there's no plot. It's just style. Right. So um, really? I'm, I'm still hung, hanging through because like the first episode really did get get me because it does focus on uh, on who was a character that was a side character from the first season. But this thing is in your face. Like it's it's intense. It's like it's like explicit for the, the sake of being explicit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty hardcore compared to any teen drama that's ever been out there. I mean, it makes. The OC look like a CW show, and and just those shows look like the sweet life of <laughs> Zach and Cody. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would I would say yeah, it 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 pushes the boundary so much, and I feel like if if parents that had kids somehow were like watching this show, they would be freaked out about what their kids would be involved. Like this this would create more paranoia than than anything else uh with with parents of of kids that are of this age in in high school yeah i remember i justin i was like i remember we were on the phone and i was like i think i might start watching euphoria season one you were like oof good luck (laughs) i was just like oh maybe i maybe i'll watch another episode of peacemaker here's my thing though i i I think it's (laughs) i i do think it's great i wouldn't recommend it for you for for most of the reason why i enjoy it is because of the style like if you if anyone's familiar with Yeah. yeah how it's shot shot on film Right. Yeah. It's it has such a such a surreal trope to it that, that just feels so um, inherently filmic. It is very much like um, a film that uh, I, I don't know if you guys know, it, but, but Rec Room for a Dream uh, stars mm-hmm. Jared Leto and Jennifer Connelly and, and Marlon Wayans. And uh, it has it has a lot of those those elements in it. So hmm. it's okay. good. I, I'm, I'm still like weary of this second season because I feel like it could potentially just lose the substance and just go for style. But it's got MJ in it, so I, you know I'll probably still check it out. Maybe yeah. we'll see. We'll see. 
Just um, be prepared. It's one of those things you like, like Requiem, where you walk away and you just feel miserable. Yeah. Oh, it's like soul crushing that that sort of. That's feeling. why. That's why. Again, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's necessarily something you'll enjoy. Nate, check it out. You're I'm I too like, sensitive. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I just. Yeah, I. I, I yeah, I hear you for for the Nate Jerker for sure. Right. So. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, I've uh, I've been enjoying Righteous Gemstones a lot still. Uh, most recent episode was was fantastic. Probably best. Uh, all I will say, no spoilers, but best use of uh, de aging I've seen uh, in a long time. Uh, so really, really cool stuff there. Um, I checked out the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection, uh, Uncharted Three, which is not part of the collection. Uh, it only comes with four and uh, the DLC. But um, I I checked it out because I, I it was a sixteen dollar upgrade to get it for because I already had them on PS4. So you just pay the upgrade fee and then you, you've got them and it looks freaking incredible. It's crazy to me that it's like these games are actually still like three or four or five years old at this point and, uh, and, and they still look absolutely incredible um, on the PlayStation 5. Um, a game that does not look incredible, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um, visually not the greatest, but... I will say they've made huge strides on that game in terms of like Kevin. I know you've you've played a few Pokemon games in your day. Like you know, they, I find that this one is better in a lot of ways and then worse in a few. In the sense of like the fact that Breath of the Wild came out you know five years ago and looks as good as it does, and this one just really doesn't. Um, and then the other aspect to it too, it's just it's very a lot of dialogue. Like, a lot of dialogue that, Kevin, you would not want to read. You won't care about the storyline, I promise you. Um, well, just, and Pokemon, Pokemon games have never been known for their, you know, <laughs> intriguing dialogue. dialogue. Yeah. So <laughs> I have heard that there's just an absolute ton that you can't even skip over, really. No, and it's, it's you know what, it's one of those things where it's like, I think they need to do a, a bit of a better job understanding you know, who who Pokemon fans are and maybe giving you the option to say, hey, I'm new to this or, or you know, I've been doing this for 10 plus years now. Um, I will say, though, they are doing some really good stuff to change the game by, like, making stuff a little bit faster that wasn't before. Like, you can catch Pokemon just by throwing Pokeballs at them without engaging them in battle. You run by them, you can chuck three Pokemon balls at some, at some, uh, some you know, uh, Pikachus or, or whatever, and then you can catch all three of them in 10 seconds. So it's really, really cool. Um, but the main thing I wanted to talk about is the after party. I know I'm stretching this watch you a little bit, but the after party on Apple TV Plus, you guys, Kevin, you you brought us, you did the, the beautiful job of bringing us only murders in the building. Let me bring to you the after party. It's a murder mystery for fans of movies. So it's, it's, it's so dope. So, uh, phenomenal cast. You have Tiffany Haddish, who's like this detective, um, and she basically go- each episode is her interviewing a different member of this after party, which is like a high school reunion after party. And each episode, they recant their experience of witnessing or or seeing you know stuff about the murder, but they do each episode in a different genre of film. And the coolest part about it is that it's not just. Um, you know, it's not just the characters acting like they're in that film. It's shot like that. The music is set up like that. Like, it's all done to show the same stuff over and over again, but from these different perspectives. And the second episode is like an action Fast and the Furious style movie. 
and they literally have like the camera work where it's like cutting to like wide shots where it's slowly like moving around in a circle as these characters are talking about just the most mundane things. It's so well done. Uh, Sam Richardson, who we know from another excellent murder mystery, uh, Werewolves Within, um, is in it. And then Dave Franco is just the most dislikable douchebag. And he does it so, <laughs> so freaking good. Um, so you guys have to check out um, the, uh, the, the after party and let me know what you think. Nice. Will do. I've never even heard of that one, but it sounds very intriguing. Yeah, man. Yeah, again, I think you guys will love it. Because, again, even for yourself, Justin, because, like, you, you were just talking about how movies are made and how you appreciate, like, different camera angles and things like that. I think I think you're going to dig this for sure. For sure. There's just so much content right now. It's crazy oh. to stay on top of it all, right? So it's, it's like you find your first world you find your problem. pockets. That's why we do this Whatcha, right? You know? Yeah. We each shared yeah. something. Nate shared, like, four things. But, you know, next week you're off Whatcha. All right. Well, listen, that is enough of Whatcha. You guys took way too long. So let's get into the news. It's all about the details. All right, our first news story. This is uh, this is a big one. This is a big news story broke um, earlier today as of recording this. Sony Interactive Entertainment today announced a deal to acquire Bungie for $3.6 billion in the latest string of big-ticket consolidation deals in the games industry. After the deal closes, Bungie will be an independent subsidiary of SIE run by a board of directors consisting of current CEO and chairman Pete Parsons uh, and the rest of the studio's current management team. Sony has said Bungie will remain a plat- multi-platform studio uh, with the option to self-publish and reach players wherever they choose to play. At present, the studio is not working on, uh, sorry, is working on maintaining Destiny 2 and expanding the Destiny franchise and working on new IP. Uh, Quote, We've had a strong relationship with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise, uh, and I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome the studio to the PlayStation family, said SIE President and CEO Jim Ryan. Uh, Another quote for you here. This is an important step in our strategy to expand the reach of PlayStation to a much wider audience. We understand how vital Bungie's community is to the studio and look forward to supporting them as they remain independent and continue to grow. Like Bungie, our community is core to PlayStation's DNA, and our shared passion for the gamer and building the best place to play will now evolve even further. Parsons said SIE supported this uh, studio's dual goals of making generation-spanning entertainment while staying creatively independent. Uh, Last quote here, both Bungie and SIE believe that the game worlds are only the beginning of what our IP will become, Parsons said. Our original universes have immense potential, and with SIE's support, we will propel Bungie into becoming a global multimedia entertainment company dedicated to delivering on our creative vision. So guys, this this comes hot off the heels of the earth-shattering news that Microsoft will be buying Activision for $68.7 billion. That's quite a bit more. Um, but guys, what do you think of Sony now owning Bungie? And what do you think this move means for them and for gamers? Uh, I mean, it seems to be the, the, the biggest trend in gaming is to sort of have these bigger companies going around and snatching up these small independent uh, developers. And I think... If that means bringing bigger budgets to these sort of smaller outfits, that's great. But 
I really hope it doesn't start homogenizing the identities of these development studios into just sort of one big corporate personality and every game that comes from Sony will sort of all feel and look and act the same. I mean, they need to keep up their unique and individual personalities. That's where these great games come from. Doesn't Bungie have some sort of affiliation with, with Halo? Like, yeah, did, well, yeah. so so Bungie, Bungie was the original creator of Halo. Okay. Uh, which debuted on the Xbox uh, for its launch. Um, but then Bungie actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, they splintered off into 343, which was then owned by Activision. And then they then from that point on, um, 343 split from Activision. And now Microsoft owns Activision and, um, and sorry, owns Activision and 343. And then um, Sony owns Bungie. So it's this crazy sort of mishmash of developers that have been passed around. Zen diagram to fucking understand this thing. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. It's like the, the family tree in Game of Thrones for, for, for developer purchases. But I will say, I mean, I think they're, they're launching a Game Pass competitor, Sony is, right? Called Codename Spartacus. So you have to imagine this is only to bolster that value for gamers. But I, I wanted to call out uh, Parson's statement where he says, our original universes have immense potential, and with SIE's support, we will propel Bungie into becoming a global multimedia entertainment company dedicated to delivering on our creative vision. So I think he's talking about the IP that Bungie owns, specifically, um, most likely Destiny. And, you know, we've got the Uncharted movie coming out in a few weeks. We've got the Sweet Tooth series on the way. I'm just wondering if this is another big get for for movies and TV series. I mean, that was kind of, um, you know, one of the main reasons I never really got into Destiny was I'd never found its narrative to be too uh, engrossing or really at the forefront. Hmm. But I think, you know, from what I've heard from people who have played it, who have the books, who have the strategy guides, there is a ton of lore for it. So, you know, I think maybe that could be part of what we're looking at here as well. I I think that's a safe bet. I also feel like yeah. it's funny because Halo was always what you described Destiny to be for me. Like I just mm. was never interested in Halo because it just it didn't seem to have anything to it other than just you know aliens and you're in a mech suit and you just run around. Like there was just it just seemed mindless. Whereas like Destiny, the draw was there was a lore and a like sort of personality and you get to like build your character and and kind of understand it's vast it's immensely vast so it is funny though that this this company created halo and then went off and created uh destiny right so yeah. you know and now there basically was Sony. birthing yeah birthing the exact same games for you know different platforms with their yeah. own sort of eccentric differences right so but you got to imagine, like, are these companies going to splinter these games off, these series off, and say, "Cool, you know, Activision saying, Microsoft saying, okay, COD is ours now, no more COD for for Sony," and then Sony saying, "Destiny's ours, no more." I don't, from a from a, a money making standpoint, that doesn't really make yeah, a stupid, lot right. of sense. Um, obviously, I think they're going to want to keep a lot of the the players in the player base that they have, and they will now that money just goes to them. But could they sweeten the, it? Could they sweeten the game? Well, this is for this the is Xbox what I think. that yes. you would lose for the PlayStation. No, I, and I don't think they're going to give an unfair advantage in the terms of multiplayer because Destiny is so multiplayer focused, right? Yeah. But I think the the biggest thing that they're they're probably going to look at is the idea of 
okay, you've got your mainline games. Yes, those will we'll always keep. But then we're going to have sort of these side experiences. And the only way to get those side experiences is with Codename Spartacus or, you know, is with Game Pass. And you have to maybe pick a camp to get the full experience of what you love instead of just a part of it. Um, I think that might be the only way that uh, that they could go through this and justify at least for Microsoft spending 68.7 billion um, whereas Bungie seems like a little bit more of a, a easier get well, I, I do think that from the sounds of it they're trying to expand the revenue um, generating uh, areas of these properties um, and so I just wonder if the focus doesn't shift from uh, taking these games and turning them into television and movie properties with the intention of making them franchises in that regard. And, like, if we get a really serious push from these studios, we might be entering the golden age of video game adaptations. You know, we have really high hopes for Uncharted. Uh, you know, who knows what Halo's going to be like, but it's such a popular... Mm -hmm sort of base to go from so I, I just wonder if if maybe the push to make some decent legitimate you know well thought out um projects uh, that's that's an exciting prospect for for gamers i think <laughs> well and you're both forgetting hbo's the last of us but um anyways i do think that yes it'll be um, it'll be really interesting to sort of see where they go with this. I am excited. I do think uh, Bungie is an extremely talented developer. And I just, I know my PlayStation to be the game that you play those event games on, right? And so if they can give us that, if they can bring us back to what I consider peak Bungie storytelling, um, I'll be really, really stoked for that. And maybe, maybe we'll get The Rock to play uh, in a Destiny movie or something. He was saying he's going to play in a video game movie. He was tweeting all about it. Mm -hmm. um, but he was also tweeting about the fact that he really does not want to be in the Fast and the Furious franchise. Let's go to the second story here. Jason Momoa joins cast of Fast and Furious 10 in a mysterious role. This in a write-up from uh, Christian Zilko from IndieWire that writes, Dwayne Johnson recently said there was no chance he'd ever return to the Fast and Furious series, but Vin Diesel and company wasted no time in finding finding some star power to replace him. The franchise announced on Twitter that Aquaman star Jason Momoa is set to join the cast of the upcoming 10th film. While his character is yet to be confirmed, rumors have swirled that Momoa is playing a new villain. Um, in the tweet itself, it says, uh, The fast fam keeps getting bigger. Welcome, Jason Momoa. Um, so that was tweeted out by the Fast Saga Twitter account. Justin, I know you're a huge Huge fan of yes, the I Fast am. franchise. What do you think of seeing Aquaman himself joining the tenth film? Well, again, it's like you said; they're they've they've amassed so many different actors. You know, this this is a series that has Helen Mirren in it. That's a series that yeah. has Char Charlize Theron in it. It's you know Jason Statham, right? There's so many existing stars that have have contributed. So Jason Momoa is just another one of those eye candy caps to just add on top of this so i forgot cena they had cena in, in the last one yeah. right <laughs> yeah. so we'll see what happens well i mean like um wasn't wasn't the rock because again i don't i don't really watch these movies wasn't the rock someone's brother or something and so then the rumor is that that jason momoa is just going to be the other brother <laughs> well i know that i know that like roman reigns was in one of them as his cousin Okay. Was that in Hobbs and Shaw, maybe? Right, and so 
you know, uh, they sort of brought the family in that way. I do, I do, I will just say, you know, I think it's disappointing that The Rock couldn't finish this out, you know, because uh, I think they leave his character. It's not like the character of Hobbs got sort of a proper write-off or, or whatnot, you know, and, and he did so much to reinvigorate, for better or worse, life into this franchise when he, did, he joined yeah. for number five. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that I mean I know him and him and Vin have had um, you know quite the the little feud both uh, behind and in front of the scenes and so I just wonder you know uh, why he couldn't come back and do one more even just for the sake of having that character get sort of a, a nice send off and and closing out that chapter you know if there's one thing I know about Dwayne the Rock Johnson is that he does. He does love his fans, and he, he loves the people that love the Fast and the Furious. But I think there's better ways to try and get someone like that back than how Vin Diesel tried to publicly in front of Twitter. It's like that's like going to like someone's wedding and proposing at their wedding. Like, don't don't do that. That's just <laughs> gross. Um, and so it, it felt like he was kind of just saying, look, fans, look, he's not joining. Um, so it's on him now. But I think, yeah, you take one extremely charismatic Samoan and bring in another extremely charismatic, charismatic Samoan. Um, and I think it really, really makes good, good sense. I do hope they imbue um, Jason's um, love of bikes and bike culture mm-hmm. into the movie. Like, I think that'd be really cool. Can mm-hmm. you guys correct me? Have they had like a biker in the, in the, in the franchise before? I don't know if they've ever really gone down that route. Well, I yeah. could see, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, put it past them to do something like that. I think that's a good call out, Nate, that they could mm. bring in some of his personal uh, experience with bikes. And I think that that might be something that seems very um, conducive to sort of what Vin tries to do with these things where it's like, well, he's he's a producer, right, on these movies as well. Right. So he's working with them and developing their character. Uh, you know, going back to what Kevin was saying about the you know the Rock, I think his character left the Fast and the Furious story. You know, he's still doing his cop business. He's still doing his thing. I don't think he needs to come back. He was he was involved, and plus they they had all this intention to to do this Hobbs and Shaw spinoff, and and if, if you know the way that ends, definitely leaves room for potentially more of his character to be explored there. Um, but that being said, like, I, I agree with you, Nate. Like, I think Vin was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stay on Twitter and invite him out. And he'll, Brutal. he'll have to agree because it's social media. That's if rude. he doesn't, it'll create a riff. And he was like, no, 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 my candy ass ain't coming back to that thing. bro." Yeah. <laughs> um, well, listen, I, I'm sure if he is riding on a bike, it's, you know, from the little that I know of this movie, <laughs> of this franchise, I'm sure it's going to be like a bike skateboard hybrid that turns into a mech suit at some point. And then, you know, they went to space in the last movie, so I'm sure they're going to go beyond space. Speaking of outer space, though, um, Tom Cruise, outer space movie story and filming details revealed. Uh, this story brought to us by Brennan Klein from Screen Rant. More details have arrived from Universal's impending outer space movie with Tom Cruise. I hope that's just like the working title, like on the chairs. It just says outer outer space movie with Tom Cruise. Uh, over the course of the last few years, Tom Cruise's journey into space has been a captivating drama. In May 2020, uh, just a few months into the global pandemic, it was announced that the actor would be shooting a movie in space. And now, per Variety, a few details about the upcoming project that will reteam Tom Cruise with Edge of Tomorrow director Doug Lehman and Mission Impossible 7 director Christopher McQuarrie have been revealed. The filmmakers are currently making progress on the script for the film, 
uh, which will feature Cruz as an everyman who discovers he's alone and has the ability to save the planet from an unspecified threat. Original. Uh, that's that's me saying that, not in the article. Uh, the <laughs> film will likely be shot after Macquarie and Cruz complete production on Mission Impossible 8 and will shoot some scenes on the International Space Station. Though it was rumored that the entire film would be shot in space, most of the other scenes will be filmed on Earth. So, guys, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to finish filming <laughs> the Mission Impossible movies. It seems like they're taking forever on their yeah, that own, gives more time going though. up into space. But, guys, like this sounds like a pretty much the traditional Tom Cruise saves the world storyline. Do you think Do you think Macquarie and Lehman penning the script, um, do you think it's actually going to be a good movie, or do you think they're just relying on the fact that it's filmed in space to be what is going to draw audiences in. I mean, Tom Cruise is going to draw audiences in, but you know what I mean. It's hard It's hard to say. Like, the, the big stunt here is that, you know, you know Tom Cruise is going to be behind producing this. He has two filmmakers working on this project that he has worked with in the past and he has very strong working relationships with. Um, and I think that, you know, to the point of what you're, you're saying right now, it sounds very loose and very uh, simple. Hopefully, as they figure it out and they have the time, they're going to evolve it, right? And, and hopefully move it to a place where it actually can be compelling. I, I just, I don't know because between the movies, between Macquarie and Lehman, and again, I, we haven't seen the Mission Impossible or that new Top Gun movie, so we can't really, I can't really speak to those. But based off the movies that they've written in the past... I just don't know if I can get beyond this, beyond the spectacle. Like, obviously, I'm going to watch it because I want to see, the, yeah. well, one of the first movies uh, ever shot in space, um, even though apparently a group of um, Russian filmmakers beat them to the punch on that. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering, though, you know, is it going to have the same fervor behind something like James Cameron Avatar? Like, is everyone going to go see it because, like, oh, it's something new, but, like, the story's not really going to be original. But what do you want? I mean, it's an action movie set in space. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. And if I'm not mistaken, the last time they did a movie in space with a bit more, uh, you know, subtext to the plot, you were bored uh, to death when you watched Ad Astra. So don't you want just it's a true. big, dumb, loud movie set in space rather than something that'll put you to sleep halfway through? I agree. I think the spectacle is the selling point here. And I think they can have a little bit more fun and, I guess, you know, liberty, if you will, to kind of yeah. do the sort of space story that they want while leveraging space in the story, like <laughs> yeah. actually shooting yeah. in space. Yeah, this whole thing is just is just a spectacle grab, right? Yeah. Feels like it. Feels, it like, feels like a James Cameron's uh, avatar, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, let's go see the space movie because it was in space. And then let's go see the Avatar movie because it's like Fern Gully. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, speaking of grabbing audiences, I don't know how that works out. Uh, James Gunn eyeing second Suicide Squad spinoff series for HBO Max uh, and says Peacemaker has a really good chance for season two. This is an exclusive from Anthony D'Alessandro and Dominic Patton at Deadline, who write, uh, there's another Suicide spinoff in, uh, series in the works. James Gunn recently told Deadline on the upcoming episode of Deadline's Hero Nation podcast. Uh, according to sources, Gunn has approached HBO Max with the idea for another series built around one of the characters in, suicide, in The Suicide Squad. We hear the project is in the embryonic stages with nothing written or greenlit, but HBO Max is said to be high on it uh, based on Gunn's enthusiasm for the idea. Uh, when, the, when prodded, 
as to whether the next Suicide Squad series on HBO Max would involve Doctor Who alum and Suicide Squad star Peter Capaldi, uh, who played the tinkerer in the recent movie. Gunn laughed, saying, I can't say anything. It is connected to this universe, and I don't think it will be the same genre as Peacemaker. It won't be as much a comedy as Peacemaker, but will be in the same universe. In regards to season two of the Cena HBO Max series, Gunn said, the show is doing extraordinarily well, and we're excited. We all like doing it. We just need to cross some T's and dot some I's, which is basically me. So it, guys, it sounds like a second season of Peacemaker is happening. I think we we all sort of yeah. saw that and, and it made sense. Well, um, I think the biggest news, though, is the idea of yet another spinoff series. And we know it's likely that, you know, it, we're not going to ha- get probably Idris Elba or Margot Robbie based on scheduling and, and that sort of thing. So who do you think, who do you lovely hosts of the Geekcentric podcast think we could see returning uh, for a spinoff series? Well, you know, the note about it being very different, um, that that's the conundrum for me because they kind of all live in that that world that seems to kind of have branched off from the Suicide Squad and in Peacemaker. I do see, yeah. yeah, obviously they're they're hitting the comedy a little bit more, but I don't think that it was alternately that different from the Suicide Squad. Um, right. But ooh, I don't know, man. I was thinking Ratcatcher, like Ratcatcher yeah. two would be an interesting story to explore, or Polka Dot Man. I thought would be also really interesting because <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like the characters that at least yeah. left you with some sort of like compelling interest. Well, you and know. also you have to remember, unless it's a prequel, um, there aren't many of these characters left alive by right, the right. end. That's of that the other movie. thing. It could be someone. It could be one of the characters that w- wasn't explored enough and died on that beach. Spoiler alert! Uh, yeah. At the beginning of the movie. I mean, I'm I'm still not totally against the the, the thought that it could be um, uh, a show with Idris Elba. Why not? Yeah, I just He's done I TV feel like before. Yeah, yeah, I just I just feel like he's he's gonna have too much going on with with being Idris Elba. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I I could see these characters showing up though because they love James Gunn and they want to be a yeah. part of it. And of course, HBO Max is gonna want to do this. This has been the most successful straight Thing. to streaming ser- series for them, right? So yeah. yeah, they're gonna do a season two, and they're probably interested in picking his brain to see what he what else he has in store. Peacemaker is great, and I feel like. I'd love for him to sort of help them flush out the rest of what this universe of the DC side looks EU. like. Like, well, yeah, it doesn't originally... need to be their definitive, right? Because they're going to do... Mm. We know that Flash comes out this this year where it's going to say everything can exist harmoniously and just be different viewpoints. Right. There you go. And so now they yeah. can do that. That's how they're going to be able to do, you know, this new Batman movie. They're, they're, they're able to just kind of time warp everything. Well, originally, I thought it was going to be Nathan Fillion, uh, TD, TDK, the detachable yeah. kid. But, you know, when, when they said that it wouldn't, when he's like, it's not a comedy or it would be a different genre, which I think Peacemaker is touted mostly as a comedy. I, I, I just don't see how you could have Nathan Fillion as a man who literally uses his detached arms to fight people. I don't know how I could take that <laughs> as seriously. Um, I'm honestly, I was thinking it would be really dope to see Flula Borg's acting chops as a serious take on Javelin Man because I feel like he we didn't really get to see like his death I don't think we did or at least it felt like it wasn't really fully serious again they could find ways to to bring back any of these characters but um I don't know I just think I think yeah if it's a if it's a prequel series maybe we, I think we that's have the more best opportunities bet. there 
I think that's and maybe the best you get bet. Jai Courtney or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, don't know. maybe, but I think I think Kevin's right. I think a prequel makes the most sense, right? We've we've already yeah. done this. Oh, I wasn't con- I wasn't supporting that he in any prequels. way. I was just saying <laughs> but, that's but the only you... way you could have half of these characters. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess that yeah, that would that... really that would that would have me lose interest very quickly if it was a prequel about one of the characters that dies. Yeah. I think Flula Borg has some serious acting chops that we haven't really gotten to experience as much of, and I think would be really really cool to see. Um, I mean, maybe, honestly, maybe a lot of these characters just come through alternate realities through a multiverse. Uh, speaking of alternate realities through a multiverse, <laughs> our final story here, Doctor Strange 2 synopsis confirms alternate realities. This comes from Connor Schwertfeger at Deadline, who writes... A newly released synopsis for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness confirms that the film will feature alternate realities. With only a few months until Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness debuts, wow, that's awesome. Um, I hope. (laughs) Some new plot details about the film have officially been confirmed. In fact, Disney has released a new synopsis for the movie, which confirms a journey through numerous alternate realities. The newly released synopsis reads as follows. In Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the MCU unlocks the multiverse and pushes its boundaries further than ever before. Journey into the unknown with Doctor Strange, who, with the help of mystical allies, both old and new, traverses (laughs) the mind-bending and dangerous alternate realities of the multiverse to confront a mysterious new adversary. These guys... Dude, in the synopsis, it's actually underlined. The old and new is underlined. No, it's not underlined. Um, <laughs> this is <laughs> so this is so crafty. This is this is right? awesome because what they've effectively done is seed planted in Spider-Man: No Way Home, giving a lot of what I think we will see here with this sort of returning. I think some of the rumors that we've been hearing about, you know, old Fox characters coming back and making appearances to show up. I think that. That could happen. That could totally happen. Well, I mean, that's kind of the the question that I wanted to to put out to you guys. I mean, I think we all enjoyed What If, and I think this synopsis shows why the showrunners were so adamant that it was integral to the MCU. Um, is, does this change your, your sort of expectations for the Multiverse of Madness? And yeah, who do you think those mystical allies are? Like, I mean, we know America Chavez is in the movie. We know Baron Mordo is in the movie in terms of like Baron Mordo being an old ally and American Chavez, America Chavez being a new one. And we've got Wanda Maximoff. Um, you know, I think with Wanda's involvement, it could be very possible we see like an Agatha Harkness in this movie. Maybe we get an older casted Wiccan from an alternate universe. Right, it could be very, very possible. What do you guys think? Any, any, any crazy theories? Is Mephisto showing up finally? I mean, I, I know I've heard rumblings that we're gonna get various versions of Doctor Strange and yeah, Scarlet Witch sort of needing to team up together. And so, there's your old and new, right? Maybe one like we get older, more experienced, more grizzled versions of these characters that come in to give advice and lend some help. I don't know. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, get all timey. Honestly, Spider-Man No Way Home definitely changed my expectations for what to anticipate for, you know, Doctor Strange uh, given that they they're having freedom and I think it's, you know, sort of sort of fun because now they can kind of address other things that have happened in the Marvel universe that are still, you know, that are still affecting it, right? So, they did it with Spider-Man. I don't think it would be too crazy. Like, there's a really fun rumor going around that, you know, uh, Chris Evans shows up through a portal 
and you know you think you, you think he's cap but then he says flame on and he's johnny storm dude. right and dude do you know what i mean like that's that'd that's a so fun dope. one that that would be that'd yeah. be crazy it sucks if, if that happens and it's spoiled but at the same time <laughs> at the same time yeah validating and, and just seeing like how characters like you know hugh jackman could low-key just yeah. do a cameo i don't think he would well, not do that he would not distinguish but make an appearance of some kind right and I was just going to say, like, you know, the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness trailer debuted at the as the stinger for No Way Home. And I, you know, in that we, we get the Marvel logo that you see cracks and then we see variants of the logo itself yep. showing the Sony version of the logo, yep. the Fox version of the logo. Yeah. So if that's not sort of confirmation in itself that we are going to get at least a nod to if not the full characters but at least a nod to or an, an understanding of those characters coming into this universe guys do we get x-men do we get patrick stewart james mcavoy charles xavier showing up in I, the multiverse i hope so i really hope so i hope i hope I, at least for patrick stewart and hugh yeah. jackman if if it's not to the level of how Toby and Andrew were involved in Spider-Man, if it's not yeah. to that level, I'm totally fine. But an appearance and sure. a nod, an acknowledgement to your point, but then maybe mm -hmm. a McAvoy is the is the the version of Xavier that might find his way over to the MCU and stay there. Like who knows, right? And I, and Kevin, I like what you kind of said there in terms of old and new. Yeah, you know, like some older and then some younger versions of maybe even the same characters i think that's that's pretty dope i do think they have really put themselves in a tough spot with what they did in no way home i mean <laughs> yeah they got a one it'll be impossible to top that i think just because of the fact that the, that people liked those characters regardless of you know Whereas, you know, the X-Men franchise has sort of dwindled off. No one ever really liked the Fantastic Four movies. But seeing those characters would still be really, really awesome. I just think, yeah, they're, they're really going to have to pull out all the stops to even come close to matching that kind of level of hype. I just, I do think it's kind of exciting that after a whole year of, you know, prequels and, and uh, origin stories, we're kind of getting two huge Marvel events back to back here. And yeah. it feels yeah, like dope. we just had No Way Home and now we're already going to get this next huge installment uh, in in the Marvel universe, so that's pretty yeah. awesome. I'm telling you, man, they could do it. It just it, you're right. It, it, they've put themselves in a precarious place by put, putting a lot of stuff. But also, like, it's crazy that if if these things haven't happened, that they haven't leaked. Like I'm telling you, the way things leaked for Spider-Man, someone True. had it out for Sony. It was yeah. crazy. It was crazy. But this is a Marvel project, right? So maybe. There's Maybe they're able strategy. to keep it yeah. keep it yeah. tight it keep it a little tighter, right? So, yeah. uh, very cool stuff. I am. I, it's definitely. I think that's my most anticipated movie. I forget whatever I said in the previous podcast we did. <laughs> I think I, maybe it was that. I don't remember. Anyways, I am now so amped about that. Um, but you know what else I'm amped about, guys? I'm so amped to watch new trailers. So why don't we get to trailer time? It's trailer time. Before we even dive into trailer time, I, I need to I need to explain something that I put into our Slack. Um, that I thought was the new trailer for Jurassic Park Dominion. Um, I, th I thought, oh, wow, the, there's a new trailer out for this movie. I forgot that there was a first one, and I was like, great, I can't wait to watch it. And so we get this, <laughs> we get this, this footage of this guy 
and it's like a winter scene and i'm like whoa they are really changing it up for jurassic world like they're going like extinction okay let's go and then we see this guy who's wearing like his best nike you know skating outfit and he skates out onto the ice and starts doing spins as these these dinosaurs start running towards him and i realized that there was a, it was a cross promotion commercial between Jurassic World Dominion and uh, and and the the Olympics. Olympics. So, <laughs> yeah, like like I just I was so like I felt so ashamed that I thought it was a real trailer at first. Um, so, guys, I wanted to bring this up because it is so ridiculous. If you get a chance to look it up, just look up Jurassic World Dominion uh, Olympic <laughs> commercials. I'll put it in the notes. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah. Oh, throw it in the show notes. Um, but I did want to just kind of mention, like, what what cross promotions have you guys seen? What is either your favorite or most ridiculous sort of cross promotion that you've ever witnessed uh, between, like, a, a big brand and a, a new movie? Well, uh, first... You forgot the rest of that story with the fact that you you discovered this one commercial, but then there was a set oh, of three. There's a series. Yeah, there's a, there's series. a series. So I actually <laughs> yeah. watched the rest of them, and <laughs> they're not any better. But no. it, it's a really weird cross promotion. This is a weird cross promotion. Actually, speaking of Spider Man, uh, No Way Home, they did a cross promotion with Tom Holland. Um, uh, for an electric car, I can't remember the car's name. Really? Yeah, and they had um, they had Ned in it, and it was a little it was a little hokey, but it had like the Spider-Man quirkiness to you to it. Sure. So it yeah. felt very much like something that worked in the universe. So that's that's fairly new. You could probably find that relatively easily on on YouTube. And then there was another yeah. one from Directline, a UK insurance company, and they did mm-hmm. a. A commercial with Donatello, the Ninja Turtle, and it's animated in 3D, and it's so good, and it sparked really? so much conversation after about like let this studio do a yeah. new animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, like pay them yeah. because it looked yeah. like the 90s style, but like really nice dark shadows, like it's it was really <laughs> really good, like it's for an dope. insurance commercial, <laughs> yeah, for an insurance commercial, awesome. Donnie's going to save someone. It was. Really hokey, but man, that animation! If you see that, check it out. Check it out. You'll you'll. That's you'll so funny, Kevin. How about yourself? Uh, nobody, and I mean nobody, does cross promotion better than or crazier than the world of professional wrestling. Uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, pay per views when I was growing up were always sponsored by this company or another. It was often Chef Boyardee or Castrol right. GX7. <laughs> uh, As kids, uh, you want some Castrol, right? <laughs> you know, right? Um, but I mean, I, I don't think there's ever been a more uh, iconic cross promotion than clearly uh, Randy Savage and snapping into a Slim Jim, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but there have been just some really bizarre choices along the way, too. Uh, even just a few years ago, WWE and KFC were working together, and one really? of the wrestlers, Dolph Ziggler, actually dressed up and wrestled as Colonel Sanders. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, uh, you had Phil Collins wrestle Ultimate Warrior in a, in a music video for one of Phil's songs. Um, I remember uh, back in the, the heyday of WCW, Chucky, uh, came out and was uh, crap talking a few of the wrestlers to promote the newest Child's Play movie. Uh, <laughs> there's there's been quite a few. Uh, 
you know, really bad ideas like David Arquette becoming the actual WCW heavyweight champion of the world, uh, <laughs> as if that company's <laughs> credibility wasn't already in the crapper. That kind of sealed the, the deal. Uh, but the all-time best crossover, uh, just in time to promote, I believe, RoboCop 3. And sure enough, RoboCop himself came out on a pay-per-view uh, to no save way. Sting, uh, who was trapped in a cage, <laughs> and he ripped the door off. And, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But, I got to uh, see yeah, that so, one. Yeah, there's uh, there's some gems out there in terms of these clips if you want to uh, dig a little deeper. Because, yeah, nobody does it better than Rasslin. I'm surprised you didn't mention Shawn Michaels doing a Playgirl spread. <laughs> there you go. That, happened that was too. a thing, that too. That was a thing, yep. Jeez. Something for everyone. <laughs> I think it's it's funny because, like, I was like, they don't go as wild as they as they used to. But, like, this this Jurassic World Dominion trailer was still pretty pretty ridiculous. And then, I mean, the KFC Mother's Day promotion that they did. I guess that's not a film promotion, but I just wanted to mention the Chickendales again because those, those that Colonel Sanders with a ripped body just stripping down was absolutely hilarious. KFC and Taco Bell have done amazing. And I mean, even when I was a kid, like, you know, the Taco Bell commercials with Star Wars characters and stuff like that. But um, I looked up a few and I found probably my favorite, my favorite one, which is a cross promotion for General uh, Electric and The Matrix. <laughs> and it's Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving... <laughs> coming out and promoting some new energy efficiency program and i was just like i i just at one point like he's standing there and he offers a kid a red or blue lollipop for yeah. no reason at all yeah, like it's this. just the most <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. cringy yeah it was it, it, i remember this because it was so weird because it almost it makes agent smith the villain look like the nicest person in this commercial yeah. it is so <laughs> contradictory to, to yeah. who he was in the matrix series and he's so informative, he's so polite, but he's just it's dressed so like Agent Smith. It's so it's, funny. it's really, really weird. It just it, it there's such a uh, dichotomy between between those two, right? So good. And then the last one I want to shout out is Yoda and Vodafone because there's a it's just a, a couple in the UK and Yoda sits down while they're eating their sushi. <laughs> He just like tries to tell him that he'll help him with his setting up his new phone. He's like, no, Vodafone already helped me with that at the store. I'm all good. Thank you, Yoda. And then you see Yoda just like taking his chopsticks and then like doing the thing where you brush all the all the like the excess wood off the chopstick. And I was just like, what? what? How? How? Because like, you know, Disney of today is so it was they're a CGI so much more one, precious. Right? It was a CGI yeah, but, one. But still, dude, yeah, like it's just insane to me that like. The, the lengths that some of these companies would be okay with letting their IP do these things. Oh, uh, yeah, that's nuts. true. That is true. That 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 does that does kind of yeah. create that, right? The exact contradiction that we're talking about. So, But uh, listen, you know, obviously cross promotions are one thing, but when, when IPs can jump entire mediums, I think it's another. Uh, let's talk about this next trailer here. Halo, uh, new series on Paramount+. Plus, uh, this is developed and written by Stephen Kane and Kyle Killen, starring Natasha McElhone, uh, Yaren Ha, Jen Taylor, who is the voice of Cortana, Bokeem Woodbine, uh, and Pablo Schreiber as the Master Chief himself. Porn stash. 
is going to be your master chief um, from uh, Orange is the New Black. Uh, Halo, I, I figured I should put a cl- clarifier there. Um, <laughs> Halo is set to follow an epic 26th century conflict between humanity and an alien threat known as the Covenant. Halo will weave deeply drawn personal stories with action, adventure, and richly imagined vision uh, of the future. So, guys, this comes out March 24th, 2022. What did you guys think of our our first big trailer for Halo, Justin? Well, I was saying it before. I had no interest in Halo, and I still have no interest in Halo. <laughs> no! I still have no interest in Halo. The only interest that I have is uh, the actor, Bokeem Woodbine. I'm very yeah. interested to see how Bokeem Woodbine plays out in this series. He's he's probably the only character I, I would I would want to, to see. Um, he's incredible in Fargo. Yeah, like that's where I know him from mostly, and he's he's so freaking good uh, at what he does in that in that show. And I I just hope that they kind of keep his character to be a little bit more of that super serious sort of um, you know kind of almost scary at times sort of character. Him working alongside uh, Pablo Schreiber as Master Chief, I think would be really cool. Um, I don't know, Kevin. Are you? Is this getting you on the Halo train, or are you off? You've never been on. Yeah, I, I, I've never been on. Um, uh, it's never Halo's just never really been my cup of tea, and I don't. This does not look uh, like the highest quality of of right. television programs. A lot I thought of people it, on the internet. I thought that, it looked yeah. a bit cheap, so that sort of was a bit deflating for me. It reminds me of Starship Troopers. In all honesty, okay, yeah, uh, the '90s, you know, there were giant bugs in that and all that, whatever, right? But it, in terms of like yeah. just some of the military uh, depictions, it's, it's sure it looks very. I mean, even the, even the costuming looks kind of like if they took all the sound out of the show, like you would just hear like plastic bouncing up and down <laughs> and rubbing against each other. Like it doesn't look, yeah, it doesn't look like it should. Like it looks, yeah. it, that, that looks cheap. The, the effects look cheap. A lot of people online saying very sci-fi original series I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think honestly, the biggest miss for me with this trailer really wasn't even the visuals. It was the music. I mean, we, we've got freaking Phil Collins in the air tonight and just like, that's cool. But like, You've got Martin O'Donnell who made one of the best video game music themes, the Halo theme. Oh, right? Kevin Kevin knows most of it as he just showed right there and 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 they don't use it. Like it's just ridiculous to me and maybe maybe we'll get a little bit more. I don't know if he's actually got music that's going to be in the series itself, but well, that's point, a like, huge why miss, not put man. your best foot forward, right? Yeah, that's that's a huge miss if they don't. I I honestly I agree with you. I don't know if it was smart to try to put in a, a I think this track's already been used recently as yeah. well, right? Uh what was it reused in though? It was used in, in a uh trailer. The one the guy that's like the guy that says Liam Neeson, the new Liam Neeson movie. What is that called again? Black oh, Blacklight. Yes, the trailer for Blacklight. Yeah, we saw Great. it for, 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 and we yeah. did, we were, you know, we were miffed by that. We were like, oh, well, whatever. Right? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like it, it's a missed opportunity if they can't get the original music because as much as I don't know about Halo, the one thing I do know is that its music yeah. is next level, right? Banger, Which is dude. why people enjoy the gaming experience. So. And like they've worked with, you know, Hoobastank before was like kind of the furthest no, that they ever went out. Loved was with, <laughs> with Hoobastank. But but even then, like it felt 
like a good moment to have that song. Like, I don't know when you're when you've got a series that's supposed to draw you in and make this world believable. But then you give me Phil Collins in it. It just something that takes me out. It doesn't make it more epic for me. It doesn't add to the world. And at no point in time have I ever thought to put those two, you know, that sound and that song with that world. It just seemed like such a a misstep. And I really I'm just praying that it that the acting is going to be good. I don't know. I don't know. The voice acting. I mean, we've got Jen Taylor, the voice of Cortana, who's actually playing Cortana. She looks a little strange in it, but I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued at the very least. I'll watch it, but I have a feeling this is going to be a one and done season one situation, kind of like Cowboy Bebop. And given how long people have waited for this, you know, and have been clamoring at this, that's just, it just feels like, you know, they took all this time and still didn't get it right. What a shame. I know. And it's, it's like Paramount Plus is like, hey, you know what? Even if it doesn't turn out well, guess what? You subscribe. So you're watching it. Well, you but guys, then everyone, I would unsubscribe. <laughs> yeah, but you guys seen District Nine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Neil Neil Blomkamp. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, he was did all those shorts. He did all yeah. those shorts, and that's that like that was the closest thing. And and we actually those are amazing. Why yeah, not do that. Yeah, why not do? Why not pull him in? And, and maybe yeah. he's involved, but I'm not sure. I I haven't explored. So he was originally involved to work on a Halo project, and right. that got canned. Wow. Right. And so this is this is this is the furthest thing. And there have been Halo live action. There has been Halo live action content before, but it has been very much like sci-fi level. Like even the visuals in this were 10 times better than in, in one of those series that came out um, that just was. Those were all brutal. like what? Fan made. No, no. One of oh. them was put out by Microsoft specifically like as as like something you could watch on the Internet. Um, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was. It just was so low budget to the point where, like, they even had to film it where you didn't really even get to see the Covenant. You didn't get to see the aliens because they couldn't get the visuals to look as good. Like, I don't know, man. Anyways, I am I could rant about how much I'm upset by this. I want it to be better. Yeah, you're the fanboy <laughs> for Halo, so yeah, I, I can only imagine. I feel your pain, so. Yeah, because I will tell you, Justin, there is a great story in Halo. I promise you there's a great story. There's a great story those games. There's a really good story in Halo. Well, then, listen, maybe when I see the we'll do a game off, Dwayne, right? Dwayne the Ron Jock, Dwayne the Ron Jackson. Uh, I can't even speak anymore. Um, listen, Justin, just murder me right now. Take me down to Murderville. This next trailer for Murderville. Um, this is starring Will Arnett, Leland Bowden, uh, Hanifa Woods, Philip Smithy, Irene Hayes, and Mary Hollis in Bowden, with guest stars Ken Jeong, Annie Murphy, Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, Marshawn Lynch and Conan O'Brien. Uh, this is a series that is I. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be a Brooklyn Nine Nine sort of show." Right. But it's not. It's it's so an accent an eccentric detective Terry Seattle, <laughs> which is just amazing <laughs> the name, teams up with clueless celebrity guest stars who investigate a series of murders in an improv improvisational yeah. crime drama yeah so the the this celebrities have no idea yeah like what's going on and they don't have a script and they just have to act along <laughs> but that's probably why they've been brought on is because they're improvisers they can they can do right. this right so yeah it's it's gonna be really interesting because they're not in character per se they might right. get in character and they might have to it's kind of yeah. like a game show it's an interesting sort of absolutely game show right i, I I'm, yeah. I'm digging it 
I'm interested. Yeah, it's it's like punked, but they know they're being punked. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, and I will analogy. say, Nate, you're 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 absolutely right. When the trailer started, I went, oh, just another one of these. And yeah. Will Arnett's never been in a good show, so whatever. But then Ken Jong's on the ground laughing at something he said, and I'm like, did they just show an outtake? Right. For, right. And then as they sort of explain the concept, I was like. Okay, this is awesome. I am totally in for this with just Will Arnett trying to get these guys to crack and smile and laugh as he, you know, shocks them with whatever details of the case he comes up with next. I mean, I love the idea of sort of getting Will Arnett doing the really sort of characterization that we've seen on like you know, on something like Arrested Development or, or what have yeah, you, right? Yeah, and, you and, bite then, your tongue, Kevin Hudson. I was going to say, never been yeah. on a good show. <laughs> Arrested Development, man. Okay, I meant where Probably he was one the, of the lead. Best. He's okay, like okay. four okay. or five failed okay. shows since Arrested <laughs> Development. Fair, fair. Just because you didn't like him in the Muppets uh, musical or Halloween special, like, don't, you know, don't I love him that, that much. Good, but yeah. um, but no, I, I, I think it's going to be really, really fun and, like, I just I'm stoked that we're getting it so soon. I think it's what is it February third. It's like it by this the time this episode's in, out, yeah. two days, yeah. Right, very cool, um, sweet. Anything else you guys want to mention about uh, Murderville? I'm excited. I will be checking it out for sure. I'll definitely be watching the first episode to see what it's all about. But yeah, um, I just I hope I'm the interested. show's better than your segue to it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, rude. Rude. Well, listen. Yeah, you've been is... trying really hard all episode. Listen, guys, come on. You give me, like, uh, not enough time. Listen, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this week in Geek. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this week's news or any of the content we cover here, well, uh, our beautiful, thick ass Justin is going to let you know how you can reach us. You can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. My ass is not thick. It's non-existent. It's like an inverse of the word thick. It's like a... Yeah. It's like your pants come down and then like a breeze blows by, but then they go in instead of like any other way. Anyways, please keep in touch. We've got so much content coming uh, this wonderful year, uh, having wrapped up the first month of 2022. Of course, we have our watch club every single week for the book of Boba Fett, uh, which we're coming to the penultimate episode uh, pretty soon, I believe, right? Yeah, it's I nice. Think. It's like two days from now. Oh, wait, no. It's, right. Well, it, we, it'll be actually today, when this episode drops, yeah. it'll be today. Definitely check that out. And of course, we're going to be doing a watch club for Moon Knight, which I am so excited for. Uh, and check out our most recent episode uh, where we played Fake or Real Star Wars Names Edition, uh, where Justin and Kevin go head to head trying to name Star Wars names. If you've ever heard Justin host an episode, you know he can't even say English names. So uh, <laughs> definitely check out that episode uh, because we are geek centric and you can be too, which means you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geek centric. And if you want to tune into the uh, my, you know, my live streams, keep the conversation going, catch me doing some gaming, some giveaways, opening Pokemon cards. Well, you can do that over at twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames and follow me on Instagram at NatePlaysGames. Justin, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And as we say, love ya. Lockdown's over. Uh, get home safe, guys. <laughs> Peace. And this episode was brought to you by the KFC Double Stack Sandwich. <laughs>